Um, and because we were doing this large one camera shot walking through the whole ferry, we didn't have enough crew to direct all the extras with the different scenes. Yeah. And I was this is the job I was working on with radios. And so my person above me was like, right, Michael, this is your chance. The camera's going to come around here. Here's a piece of paper. And on this piece of paper are different sexual positions. <laughs> now, just a bit of backstory. I grew up incredibly Christian. And yeah. Each to their own. I'm not, I'm not a Christian or religious anymore. Yeah. But I had never heard of half of these things. Now, I'd been married for a while. Now, my, my wife wasn't Christian. She knew what these things were, but she's never told me about them. And I was like, hold on a minute. What? What is this? What is she doing with two of those? Oh my goodness, it's starting. It's starting. Okay. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come share their stories, experiences, and advice. And I have a unique one today. I have Pest's right-hand man. I have Michael, Captain Tugboat. Welcome. Yes. He often tells me I'm more of a thorn in his side than a right-hand man. But you keep him on the straight and narrow. You got Somebody's got to keep him, like, sort of reined in, right? Well, you're making a lot of assumptions Right off the bat, young Barry. Am I allowed to call you Barry? Have I just doxed you to no, the whole world? Barry, Noof, whatever. I'm Barry. Barry works. I just I just learned what dox meant, by the way. Oh, but yes, okay. I am technically uh, Paul Pestily's uh, handman. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. All no, right. Go. So what we do on the podcast is to get things rolling. I start with three random questions, and then we'll uh, get into it after that. Ready? Mm, go on. All right. Favorite place you ever traveled? Oh, God almighty. Where have I traveled? I really enjoyed Scotland. Uh, and speaking of, I visited the place where the first Harry Potter book was written in the Elephant Cafe. And you can actually look outside the window and you can see a, a graveyard and you can see a giant castle and you can see a whole bunch of stuff that kind of inspired some of the scenery. So very much enjoyed Scotland. Um, and I also did a skinny dip in Scotland as well oh, in the ocean. Nice. Uh, so very cool. All right. Last movie you saw. Uh, Avatar 2 yes. with Paul, Jared and Decky, the crew that's going to be traveling with us to Europe and mm-hmm. I wept like a child oh. even though even though you already knew what was going to happen it was yep. probably the most predictable film um, it was basically the second one the first one again reskin yes. yep. um, but I still cried it was great it was a good movie I, I liked how they brought in the different types of you know um, alien races and it's just yeah well can we some can we somehow like break the spoiler because i just have questions are we allowed to spoiler is this it, is your it I'll, I'll throw up a tag beforehand or where did the water people go <laughs> yes the boat was being attacked and then all of a sudden the water people just fucked off yep and you're like okay there's still a big whale where the fuck did the <laughs> whale go he doesn't rock up until the end yep and it's just like what is going on and then it's... yes anyway i'm sorry that's okay for me, that's sort of like Star Wars and Space Leia. That was just a... Yeah. I just mm-hmm. didn't understand that. Like, why do they have to bring Space Leia in? I don't get that yeah. one. And why do they always have to kill children? Just, <sighs> oh, I, I'm the worst. Right. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Before the third rapid-fire question? Yeah. Do you have children? I've got three. Oh, wow. Welcome to the club. I've, you probably have uh, older, older than mine. Dude, I've been around the sun 50 times. Jesus, you are an old leather-looking... <sighs> 
Yes. Piece yeah. of skin. Mm-hmm. And I you. mean that with all of the compliments from I, Australia. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I've got yeah. three. I've got a, a couple in their 20s, 22 and 20. And then, uh, you know, Baby Oops, secretly known as Baby Oops. She's uh, 13. Baby Oops. Baby Oops. <laughs> you know, through the woods, uh, you know. <laughs> through like, the keeper. Well. Yeah. You know, no more diapers, strollers. And yeah. Like, oh, guess was what? It, was it a little, little bit like the movie uh, Father of the Bride 2? Where like one child gets married, they fall like at the end of the wedding, you and the wife sit down at the kitchen, <laughs> have a bottle of wine, make love, and like you're pregnant. Yep. So we just looked at yeah, each other no. like, oh God, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, but I wouldn't change it for the world though, honestly. No. 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 And you've got, I, I'm current, you've got a couple or three? I got three. I'm rocking a, a just almost six month old. Yeah. A five year old who's she is at least 18 and I'm also worried about anybody that tries to be in a relationship with her because you'll probably need therapy or die. <laughs> um, and my son, who's seven, who's a, a sweetheart. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got to learn myself. So but no, what's your third, what's your third question? But oh, keep third, going. Our third question was going to be, if you could sit with anybody in history and have a chat yeah. with, who would you like to sit mm-hmm. with and talk with? Uh, recently, Paul and I discussed this on a podcast, the Neighbours podcast, yes. which I saw you, you did a bit of a review on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> um, the, who, I would uh, sit down with Robin Williams, who's yes. uh, passed away. And then Paul said Hitler. <laughs> that, like, I saw that. I heard, I was like, that was a, I don't, that was just, that was out no, there. Well, on a, on a, on a podcast coming up, Decky, we talked about, um, and this is for the new podcast for yeah. our, our new channel. Um, Decky and do you know Stir Decky at all? I've heard of him. I've had like General Sam mention that I should have yep. him on the yep. pod and a couple mm-hmm. other people. So yeah, yes, I've heard of General Sam. Uh, people have uh, have said he's quite funny. Yes, um, uh, but I'm yet to to judge that because yep. I've never actually seen anything of him. So General Sam, if you're watching, I'm judging. Uh, but um, yeah, Decky was talking. We were talking about who motivates you, and he said Napoleon. And I was like, <laughs> wasn't he like? A dictator that wanted to take over the world and murdered and killed heaps of people. Yeah. I'm not too sure. And he's just like, I was just fascinated by him. So yeah, there you go. Interesting. But no, mine, mine's Robin Williams. I would just love to speak to him uh, just about everything. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many questions I'd love to ask, you know. Yeah. So right. sad, you know, somebody so talented and he just came across so happy, but he had his inner demons. Yeah, it's it really does make you think about mental health itself. I, I've had uh, postnatal depression myself, um, and I've spoken to this to people and and publicly uh, as well. Um, you sometimes you don't even realise you have it, um, but I, I don't know what extent people have uh, mental illness. Whether it takes them to that point where they just can't go on anymore. So, yeah, at least people. I don't know if what it was for your your old generation being age of fifty, um, where you had typewriters and the oil lamps, but. Uh, f- at least for me, I'm able to kind of um, raising my kids, and I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. I'm being tongue in cheek. You're able to kind of talk about mental issues and things like that with yeah. the younger generation. Absolutely, yeah. more so than you know when you know in the '80s when I was a kid or anything like that. You know, just yeah, yeah it was we're just not talking. Oh, he's just a special kid, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it was left at that. But yeah, how was the eight? How was the eighties? Eighties were so much fun, man. Well, so you yeah. know, I got to experience Star Wars when it came out, and you know, in oh, the drive-ins. Did you did you get the the first "I am your father" feeling? Not in Star Wars, no. No, no. So you didn't get to experience that. Oh no, I did. I didn't feel. Yes, I didn't. I didn't foresee it. But yeah, Empire Strikes Back. I was at. Yeah, walking through the movie theaters, they had like the frozen, frozen Han Solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
What was it like experiencing that moment? It was amazing. And then all the Star Wars commercials, the toys, that whole, you know, it was just so special. Yeah. Because you can't get... You can't get uh, a, a shock reaction anymore. I think the last time I got it, it was when I was watching Game of Thrones for the, when it first came out and yeah. we were downloading every episode. Yeah. And the Red Wedding was the last shock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, this was before kids. Since having kids, memes, spoilers, everything comes out on social media. You don't get any of that anymore. Like I think that's that's a truly lost thing of the world that we don't experience. Truly True. shocking moments. Yeah. So. I th- Rogue One had a little bit of that for me. It was like more of like about three quarters of the way through, it was like, holy shit, they're all going yeah. to die in this. And it was just like, yeah. I, I just, yeah, yeah it was, that was, I really enjoyed that movie too. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Michael. Yes. Who, who is Michael before you met Paul? What's your background? Where do you come from? Uh, some people describe me as a, um, a back packet of chips that when you open it up, it's empty. And what thought was to be full of potential is now empty and full of disappointment. So I'm a disappointing bag of chips. Oh my God. That's awful. No. (laughs) Who am I? Um, So before I met Paul, let's go back to some of my background. So I, um, straight out of high school, uh, I'll move a bit further than high school. Um, I grew up in Australia for most of my life. Uh, In high school, I was very um, uh, theater, music driven. Uh, out of high school, I tried to pursue that. So I, I did a few little, you know, I worked full time as a, as a car chemical salesman and a warehouse person, but I was still always trying to make things, do things. I used to, when YouTube first came out, my, one of my best mates, we, we did our own stupid stuff, um, all sorts of things. Uh, and eventually, uh, I wanted to get into it full time. So I started doing acting. So I start, I joined a, I did a, I joined a, a theater group did a performance and there was an acting agent there and they're like, come onto our books. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to start getting gigs, started getting commercials. My very first commercial was for the government. Um, I did an ad for that. I started getting more commercials and then I got offered uh, a, a job in Melbourne, which I couldn't take the job, which was hosting a, a, a television show. Um, so I had to turn it down cause I was getting married, but my wife and I discussed it and we thought we're going to move to Melbourne and I'm going to pursue this career. And my wife, Basically, it meant I, I was going to pursue a job which didn't pay anything and, you know, it would take years to get into. And it wasn't necessarily just for acting. Um, so my wife went there and she worked, uh, worked full time whilst I was working like any construction, laboring, uh, warehousing job in between trying to get auditions or little runaround production jobs. Uh, eventually, I started to, through being an extra, and um, I started to get onto big sets and meeting people and becoming friends. Uh, I I do have a slight gift of the gab, and um, I was able to kind of befriend people who were in uh, PA slash assistant director roles, and they started to give me emails of people that I could maybe hit up. So eventually, I I got a gig on a a, a TV series which was quite large here in, in Australia um, as a runner, so driving cars, picking up picking up cars, picking up the shopping for the office, um, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then from that job, I got, got another one where I was a radio PA where I took care of all the radios of like 200 crew and Holy you know, crap. On, a, on a HBO series called The Leftovers. And even on that job, I kind of stepped up a bit and started to do an on-set PA, which was you, you do more stuff with extras, which yeah. has similar to do with a third assistant director. That's where I first... <laughs> 
with HBO, I I, uh, I kind of directed porn. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to t- tell this, is, this type hey, of stuff. This is your pod. We're going wherever this, is my, this takes this us. This is my pod. All right. So uh, HBO, there's a series called The Leftovers Season 3 where there's a big ferry scene and um, the, the people are trying to get from Tasmania to Melbourne and they're catching this ferry and the ferry has been hired by a sex cult that worship an old lion. Uh, now, this lion is actually based off a true story where this um, they were trying to get in the zoo the, these old lion lionesses all pregnant and they yeah. couldn't, couldn't get them pregnant. They brought in this old circus lion that had been run down and it impregnated all of the lionesses. So in real life, this lion is actually worshipped as a, like a fertile sex cult. Yeah. Um, so they kind of put that into the story. Um, and there was a real fucking lion on set as oh well. Oh, my God. Um, which was great. So we had a real lion on set. But because it was a sex cult, we had like 200 extras that were just naked. Oh, my God. We, so we we had three types. We had ones that were willing to perform sexual acts, but not actually like right. penetrate or anything yeah. like that. It was So they would perform sexual acts and be naked. We had other ones that would be naked and, and be sexualized. And we yeah. had other ones that would just be in sexy clothing around the background. Yeah. Um, and because we were doing this large one camera shot walking through the whole ferry, we didn't have enough crew to direct all the extras with for different scenes. Yeah. And I was this was the job I was working on with radios. And so my person above me was like, right, Michael, this is your chance. The camera's going to come around here. Here's a piece of paper. And on this piece of paper are different sexual positions. <laughs> now, just a bit of backstory. I grew up incredibly Christian. And yeah. each to their own. I'm not, I'm not a Christian or religious anymore. Yeah. But I had never heard of half of these things. Now, I'd been <laughs> married for a while. Now, my, my wife wasn't Christian. She knew what these things were, but she's never <laughs> told me about them. And it's like... Hold on a minute. What? What is this? What is she doing with two of those? How is that getting back there? Like there was so many things, and I was like, I can't say that name out there. Um, now there's not just like one age group, and they're all pretty. There are yeah. people of all ages, all oh, sizes, all amounts of sweat, yeah. and they and and I was told, all right, you can make these people perform sexual acts. And to start with, it, I was like, oh, would you mind just um. <laughs> doing this one with that person and that there. And they're like, yeah, no worries, mate. We'll fuck that and do that. And I was like, oh, oh my God. By the end of it, I was just like, right, I want you to jerk off these two people onto her tits. And like, and it was just like, oh my God, oh my I'm God. becoming such a... Um, so yeah, I was I was out of the church by then. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd, set, I'd, I'd been telling all these people and I had it so like people would walk across camera as the camera was moving. Yeah. I'd have people moaning and making noises. Oh my and God. I remember they, they, they called action. The camera comes around the corner and they called cut, and the director's like, that was a really great last setup, whoever did that, well done. And I was like, I can't porn! I'm a porn director! <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that story. So, yeah, anyway, I, I, that was my experience with HBO. From there, I started to move on to other better jobs yeah. uh, and made some really close, close friends with a, with a crew that once you kind of get in with this crew, um, you go on all the big jobs. So yeah. I went to Sydney and did some jobs. Uh, and I worked on Peter Rabbit. Um, that was one of my last jobs oh, nice. I worked on. And just before my daughter was born, my second child. And that's when I started to notice the cracks revealing in, in the marriage and in, in the stress of my wife because she was in Melbourne by herself. Oh. We, were, we were from South Australia, which yeah. is another state over. Um, and she was alone. My parents were there, but they're very religious, very pressuring. So she, she didn't feel like she had anyone. And I didn't rec- recognize these, these signs. And that's, that was on me as a, as a husband. Um, and when I came back... I, I could. I had to go away for three months, so I came back and my son was completely different. I, I I'd noticed that there was just no like the communication with me and my wife was was unbalanced and not on, and I wasn't recognizing things. And 
Um, we were both dealing with depression and things like that. So I ended up giving up. I did a couple more jobs. I did one more series called Picking a Hanging Rock where I worked with someone, a girl from Game of Thrones, uh, Natalie Dormer. She was really cool. She's the most experienced, I wouldn't say experienced, but one of the most professional actors I've ever worked with. Like she's incredible. Great laugh, but like she walks onto set and you just like, holy cow, you're an, you're an incredible actor. Um, but no, I did that job and then I kind of just said, I'm going to, I, I don't know if I said I was going to quit, but I just I was going to stop. So I was driving driving an Uber. I said to my wife, "Right, we're gonna we're gonna." I finally cracked into the industry, and I was like, "Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop." Um, I was getting offers to go overseas. I was getting offers to do all sorts of stuff, and it, it was the hardest thing to give up because I was in this crew. Once you're in this crew, like you'd be stupid to get out. Um, uh, even direct, like even I made friends with directors and stuff like that as well. It's not me blowing up an amazing person i was just I, I made friendships with people and once once people know how you work they don't like to have to re-groom and do that so but i went uh i went back uh to adelaide south australia gave up everything and i went and sold carpet for three years which was one of the most soul destroying things i've ever done um, going from, cause when, once you start to become an assistant director, you start to get more responsibility. People look to you for leadership, etc. You get to call the shots a little bit more. you you have a lot more purpose on set. And then you kind of go back to being a, a lowly carpet salesman. And I need to rephrase that because I ended up very much appreciating this job I had, but, um, yeah, it was really hard, but eventually I kind of humbled myself and I'm sounding like I'm a, I'm a big dick here like look at me i humbled myself but i had to humble myself because i needed to realize that this job was a good job it was well paying um you know for a sales job it was easy to do it was a i saw my family more my marriage was getting better i've i had almost lost a little bit of love of creativity in the film industry because i was doing so much logistics um, and communication i didn't create stuff anymore i stopped being funny i stopped i was being funny on set with people in a, in a limited way, but I wasn't being creative. Um, so during my spare time now that I had, I was getting together with friends and starting to make things slowly. So I learned to love my craft again, um, learned to enjoy what I did. And I, I never did it to work in the industry again. I did it to enjoy what I was doing. I made, I made videos to be happy and I worked on my family life to be happy. And then I had an income from a job I didn't love and I honestly hated but I was appreciative of, and it, it, it all balanced itself out. Um, eventually, I needed to move on uh, from there because I just I needed more money because apparently, you know, children um, and trying to buy my first home. And um, yeah, I went to work in the mines for a year as a scaffolder. I've never scaffolded. I hate heights. Um, and this was the period where I met Paul. So it was literally like the day I was at his house for a barbecue. Um, I was like, oh, I start my scaffolding gig. Cool. And I'd be away for a week or two weeks and I'd come home for a week and me and Paul would catch up, play the footy. And we literally went for a year. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Paul asked me to come on a road trip with him and uh, he said, I'm thinking of hiring you. And I was like, fuck off. I've got a very, <laughs> I've got a very, very good paying job in the mines. So when right. you work in the mines, they pay you well. And he's like, yeah, yeah I'll match it. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> um, uh, so you know, I don't want to go into too much detail yeah, about no. it. All I know is I'm very grateful of it and uh, I work for it as best as I can. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, he always says, Michael, you've got what job? And then yells at me and um, <laughs> like, I don't really know what the job is, but I'm trying. 
<laughs> so that's that is me. Before I can go further back into like no, my childhood, but I, okay. I think we We're, need to. No, we don't need to do that. Now, yeah. I now, where did you guys meet? I think I saw one video or when he was on a potty talked about meeting you at a music. Mm-hmm. You guys were doing some merch for some musical artist yeah. or something like that. No, the reason we met was because of my wife. Ah. My wife has been following Nathan Cavallari. Now, have you That's, done anything on Nathan Cavallari? I haven't, but I remember Pest bringing him onto his, you know, just really mm-hmm. promoting him mm-hmm. and whatnot on, on his streams yeah. a few years back. Yeah. He will be one of our guests. We, we are organizing it um, uh, on our podcast. But yeah. Nathan Cavallari is a child prodigy guitarist who's now our age. Yeah. Um, but he was also a, a, a child that had leukemia who could play guitar like nobody else, like Tommy Emmanuel... Steve Vai, you, you pick him out, anybody yeah. that could play guitar. Um, and my wife was a massive fan of him when he was like from eight all the way through. Yeah. Um, but no, he he uh, he won the battle over his leukemia. Yeah. Um, but I think eventually he kind of, I'm not too sure about his story and I want to talk to about him more, more about it. But my wife, he disappeared for a while and yeah. then he's come back as an adult getting back into music. And my wife was like, we've got to go see him. And because he's a lot smaller now, when you talk to, you know, a lot of people that talk to me on my Instagram now, I'm slowly growing. Um, I can still be really personable because there's, I have time. It's not getting millions of messages. Right. So he, you know, he and my wife made some uh, made friendship. I made friendship with him when I was at a gig, and I may have yelled out something inappropriate drunkenly, <laughs> and he laughed. Um, but yeah, he asked us to sell some merch at his uh, at his event. Yeah, which Paul was doing some streaming at that event, and yeah. then we were all catching up with Nathan after, and that's where it kind of happened. That's so you know, cool. Where do you live? Oh, I live here. Oh, I live on that street. I live on that street. Oh, who do you back for? I back for that one. Oh, yeah. We should hang out, and uh, that's how we met. Now, did you have any idea or concept of what Twitch was, or you, you know, YouTube? Yes, but Twitch. Uh, no, I knew there was like live streaming, but I'd yeah. never heard of Twitch. Yeah. Um, and. I still don't understand. I just streamed today, yeah, uh, and I still don't understand it. Uh, I learned what debating is, <laughs> okay, but I still don't know what it is. I, I heard the term and someone explained <laughs> it, but I still don't get what it is. Uh, yeah. I know that pressing Alt F four closes the game, doesn't mm-hmm. get you through to the next mission. Yep. Um, and Keck W means lol in uh, Warcraft. Yeah, there's mode. there's all these things as like poggers and things like that. Yeah, pog. Yeah, I just, I just yeah. Okay, all right. Us, us old people, uh, <laughs> Barry, it's oh, those youngins. Yeah, I'm so. telling you. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. the same way. A couple of years back, well, before I found the game that Pest, you know, is, is famous for, Tarkov, I, mm. um, you know, Twitch, like, who wants to watch anybody play video games? Like, how stupid is that? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, this is like people's entertainment. It is, mm. you know, you're, it's people's personalities. You're not just watching somebody play a game. You have their community. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's such a great concept, what it is. It's a great concept as well, um, but it's not easy to do. No. It looks easy, but so I've I've just started and I've got a monitor on my right. I've never yeah. had more than one fucking monitor before. This is insane. <laughs> so I've got a second monitor. I've never had a PC that's like not, you know. Yeah. It's This is Paul's old PC, which was only given to him like a year ago. So. Yeah. Um, everything runs fast and I don't have a little paperclip down the bottom telling me how to run Word. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, like trying to read chat, play a game and concentrate on Paul abusing me for not doing my job properly with the game. Yeah. It's very difficult. But when when I watch him do it, mm-hmm. he will read out every single person that's subscribed. Now, he's got what? 1.3 million followers and like yeah. averages five to 10,000 people at a time. Yeah. I average like five to 
two people at a time <laughs> and I'm struggling to read like, thank you for subscribing. Uh, yes, I can do that. And Paul's like, what are you talking? You're like, oh, I'm reading. The, I'm thanking people. And he's like, ah. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's reading, he's shooting, he's jumping. It's yeah. like, oh, he's, I swear he's got ADHD. Um, and he, it's, it's great. He's very talented. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's yeah. exhausting mentally as well. It is. And I've like, I've had yeah. a whole bunch of people on and it's like, you know, some of them are doing this, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. They never see outside, and it's you know mm. from a mental health standpoint, you do this six days a week for a year. Yeah, it's mm. you know you're not having that human to human contact. You're really it's a one way yeah. communication of talking and just reading. And Correct. It's, Correct. It has to drain on you absolutely. No, I think that's one of the main reasons Paul has brought me on, and he's told me that. Like, I'm like, oh, was it because of my work ethic, my skill? He's like, no, nah, it's just going to get me outside more, and I'll be able to hang out with friends. Yeah. <laughs> So I have no ability. That's good. Like, do I, am I good at anything? He's like, nah, literally just friendship and I can now do stuff outside. That's fine. I'll just go home and tell my kids that I'm doing a great job and being paid to be a friend. Oh so, my God. <laughs> uh, but no, like it, uh, I take a lot of, um, you know, a lot of admin stuff off him that when yeah. I can, like setting up events, he doesn't have to run around and do a lot of stuff behind the scenes now. Yeah. He can just focus on what he needs to do. Uh, and we can have a lot more fun with events too. Uh, over the Christmas period, we did a, my first event with him, which was a um, the subathon with Daddy Toast. Daddy Toast, there's someone who's great. Toast if you can rack. ever sit down with someone, oh, that what man a is a kindred spirit. Absolutely, oh, not just a gentleman. What's a a human being of the world that deserves to be praised? Yeah. Um, so, Daddy Toast, if you're watching this, I can't wait to have another martini with you. And I want to play, I don't know if you ever watched one of our streams, but we played something called Teach Me Daddy during Tarko. Do you know <laughs> oh what Teach God. Me Daddy is called? No. <laughs> I can only I come, imagine. I, I come up with, with different slogans. I've come yeah. up with um, Flashbang Santa. I've done uh, Two Birds, One Stone. I've done Three Birds, One Stone with Paul. He didn't like that. But Teach Me Daddy was we taped his hands to the top of mine. Oh, God. And then no. we put them on the keyboard and then he had to use my hand. Like he had to press. I wasn't allowed to touch. Yeah. Like he had to press my fingers during oh, Tarkov. Oh, my God. And it's called Teach Me Daddy. It's one of my favorite, that favorite is... things. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so. I, I had toast on about a, you know, maybe oh, less than a year ago. And what yeah. a kind soul. You know, you mm. just, like you said, a kindred spirit. Just like, yeah, yeah what an amazing. A bosom nice friend. Guy. Yeah. So is he as and nice he, in person as he comes across oh, on screen? He, one of his favorite things is like, I don't like conflict. And I'm like, I can tell. <laughs> it's just very, I love him. He's just so polite and in every way. Um, but one of the greatest things about him is that he can quote the movie Princess Bride like no other. Oh, really? Um, and that's one of my, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So uh, it's good. That so, is a great I'm a, movie. I'm a, I, I enjoy a lot of old films. That's how yeah. I connected with my grandmother growing up was oh. uh, enjoying films of Danny Kaye, Errol Flynn, oh, okay. uh, Judy, Judy Dench's As Time Goes By series with Jeffrey Palmer. So oh, here wow. all the game is just being like, I'm clicking off now. Yeah, this I'm is boring done. information. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. What Did you ever watch Snatch? With uh, watched, Brad Snatch with Brad Pitt, it's Snatch, a Guy Ritchie yes. movie. Yes, uh, by Guy Ritchie film. Yes, uh, he also did Lock, Lock Stock, Lock, and Two Stock Smoking and Barrels. Smoke. Yeah. yeah, Snatch is probably one of my yeah. favorite, just from the soundtrack, yes. the cinematography, Correct. the dialect, Correct. or the you mm -hmm. know, the just it's so good, so well done. Yeah. We recently did a uh, a sponsor sizzle reel that we call it. So we're reaching out to sponsors. We wanted to do a little video clip. And I asked when we did the montage scene where it stops on the person and zooms in. I I literally sent him the Snatch intro where yeah. it copies all the characters and i went copy that oh. that's what i want and he did it and i was like 
beautiful. Yes. So well uh, done. Oh man, that movie's yeah. so good. Yeah, like the characters, Bullet Tooth Tony, you know, it's yeah. just oh yeah. man. Yep. Tommy the gun. Yeah. Um, all sorts of things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, cool. So now yeah, when cool. when was your first interaction or your first video with Paul? Our first video, let me think about that. I'm pretty sure the first interaction with Paul, so I, I kind of came on board and it happened real quick. Like I, I was out of the mines within a month. Yeah. Uh, I, and then I was planning on having like another month off just with family and like a week later, he's like, do you want to start early? I was like, oh, okay. And then we were creating another sizzle reel for something else. So it wasn't a, a filming thing. We, we were creating a sizzle reel and um, uh, the uh, editor that got tasked onto it was uh, Nafa. Um, and Paul's like, all right, we, we got to make a sizzle reel about me and my gaming. So this is stuff that you guys don't get to see because we're sending it to, to clients and things like yeah. that as well. And, um, so we, we basically had to take a whole bunch of footage and create a story about which pump, what pumps up Paul. We had to show off his numbers. We had to show how we got started, but yeah. Paul didn't do any voiceover for it. So I was learning a lot about it as well. And I remember my first experience, very experience with the, the editor is I, I listened to all this music like that we have royalty free and I'm like. And I, I consider myself like I know what works yeah. with music. I, I I know what doesn't sound cheesy, what doesn't sound like it's you know been done on a on a MIDI keyboard. Right. So I chose this song and I sent it through, and I'm like, this this is the song we're gonna use. And and Anafa, our German editor, was just like, I don't really like it in my opinion. I'm gonna choose a different one. And I was just like, what? what? I've just been introduced as the producer. Don't you know my background? I directed porn. Like it's. Um, <laughs> it was a very a sobering moment for me being like, oh, okay. well, maybe I should listen. Like maybe yeah. I, I can't get hung up on these little things. And I honestly, I'm a very friendly, kind person, easy person to work with. Yeah. But it was just such a like straight off the bat. It was just like, oh, I don't like it. I'm like, I just spent three hours picking this up. Um, that was my first experience making that. And yeah. then our first filming experience was the jelly bean wine video. Uh, or it might be a steak video on YouTube now where we were given um, 80 kilos of jelly beans from Starlight Foundation mm -hmm. because they were going off. Um, so because they couldn't sell them anymore, we they just gave them to us and we just thought, all right, so we hit up Twitter, asked what they want us to do and they yeah. came up with all sorts of ideas. Oh, God, we yes. tried to replicate it as much as we could, but the main one we did was we turned it into jelly bean wine um, <laughs> and then we drank it and oh, ate it afterwards. So obviously we stomped it in a feet with the barrel. Yeah. And, did all that and uh, we sold it on auction as well. So we raised a lot of money and I'm pretty Excellent. sure one of them went for 10 grand. Holy so. crap. That is so yeah. cool. Isn't that one thing no. that amazes you with the gaming, you know, the gaming community, the amount of charity work that's done and the money that's raised for, for the charities. I, I have to say, so my, my experience with the gaming community has mainly been Tarkov related. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if the people that follow me on my stream are purely Tarkov. Um, some are from other streamers yeah. uh, that I've been working with. But I have to say, I, I hear a lot of thing about, you know, oh, this community is toxic, blah, blah, blah. In terms of when it comes to the generosity and people get, like when you talk about things like mental health on yeah. stream or someone saying they're having a bad day and you try to encourage them, how quickly the community comes around and gets behind them. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it from gamers, but to, to, to be honest, I know a lot of gamers out there in the real world and they're just as kind and friendly and nobody yeah. wants to pull people down. Um, but especially with the, the charity, like we, we did a fireman calendar, people got right yeah. behind it. Um, and I'll even say outside of charity, even when we're doing subathons mm -hmm. and we're doing stupid stuff to entertain, people are still really encouraging and appreciative of the effort that we're going to. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know if people take that for granted, but I don't take for granted how much that means to me as an entertainer. Yeah. Um, 
because that's what we consider. I, Paul and I have talked about it before. As he's not a gamer, he's an entertainer. Yeah. When we put us together, we're not gamers, we're entertainers. Mm-hmm. What we're, a gamer can sit there, defeat the game, do a speed run. That's not necessarily entertaining. That's just proving a point that you can speed run. Right. Entertaining is keeping people engaged yep. um, and talking back and forth and actually giving yourself mm-hmm. to the audience. Um, so I'm, I've loved the encouragement. I've loved the, the, the charity. And some people that give, I don't know how rich they are or not. And, and as a person that I'm comfortable now financially, yeah. Ever since you know, I kind of got out of the carpet game, and I'm very working in the mines and very generous with working with Paul. Um, but when people subscribe, it part of me goes, "Shit, you know, are they in the situation that I was when I was selling carpet, where, right. where I was trying to make ends meet? I was only earning fifty grand a year, well, and that's only about thirty grand American. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, kids, I'm like, this is just over like i'm overwhelmed with with yep. the generosity of people and it's not just for subscriptions to us but generosity and charity as well so yep. yeah the community and gaming is is you know it's not just community <laughs> like the old people say games make people murder people no they don't yep you should see the community and the stuff that gets done right like, absolutely oh, yeah it's so. pretty cool um yeah. going back though something i forgot I wanted, when you were talking about extras and porn with extras in the movie industry or film industry, TV industry, do the extras yeah. get paid or is that a volunteer? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'll say it depends on what type of extra you're being on yeah. what type of set. Like I was an actor and an assistant director and I never got paid. Yeah. It depends on what job you're working. Sometimes you, 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 when you first start out, you take whatever the fuck you can just yeah. to get your name out there. Um, and just to get experience. If yeah. I can ex- express to people, um, if you ever want to get into the film industry, start off as a, uh, a stand-in yeah. or an extra. So a stand-in is someone... So say, for example, Barry, you're really famous. Yeah. All right? And right now, you've got a lighting set up. You've got a camera set up in front of you. But you don't want to sit there and wait for it to all be set up around you. You're right. an actor. You want to focus on being a talent. So you go to your trailer, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Me, I will now come and sit in your chair while the director and everything, they spend an hour, two hours setting up everything. And you just sit there and you keep your mouth shut. And I learned this the hard way because I'm a mouthy little fucker talking, <laughs> where the first assistant director basically just stood there after I was asking questions, just yeah. being like, stand-ins don't talk. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. okay. And, and it was in front of everyone and I was just like, oops. And I, that was very like, okay, I now know my place. Yeah. I'm going to shut the fuck up. But when you stand there and you just watch everything and the communication between it, you understand how it works. Yeah. Being an extra... You keep your mouth shut until you're told to do something. Yeah. Like, just don't try to be a stand-in or an extra and try to be, you know, what you're not. Right. Play your role. Play it well because that's being extra. You come in and you're in the background. Background people aren't meant to be seen. They're meant, they're meant to feel the background. Yeah. Um, seen or seen, not heard, whatever the term is. And that's how I started. Eventually, I learned whatever role I'm taking, I'm going to put myself into that role. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, you do get paid. Some extras get paid well. So I, I was on a series called Gallipoli, uh, which is on Netflix now in Australia. Um, but it was it was on a TV series here. Um, and I was on set for like two, three months. So that they, they hired the same group of guys to be the platoon yeah. around the main actors. So the main actors and us, we all went away to a, a boot camp. We all did training together. We all shot guns with fake rounds. We yeah. all did dying. We all did wear like learning how to dress properly, how to march properly, everything. We did that for months. Uh, and then we were on set for months as well. Oh and we got God. paid incredibly well because, um, you know, we'd make 
sometimes 15 to 1500 bucks to two grand a week because yeah. we're on set for 12 hours a day and sometimes you'll just sit there and do nothing. That's crazy. Um, but this, they, they pay the same 30 guys. Now, I yeah. dressed up as a, a Turkish person, an Australian, a light horseman, and I died probably about 10 times in that series. Yeah. But they just kept recycling the same 30 <laughs> of us through. So, yeah, but being an extra is is a paid can be a paid yeah. gig. If you can get in with an acting agency, take it. Um, do it. Do what you can. Yeah. But I, I do encourage you. Um, I always kept working when I couldn't get the gig. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I signed up to a recruitment agency and that kept me going. Yeah. Having money come in and still working a job that I didn't enjoy doing, but then you got the job come in. Right. Like, yes, I can stop this now. I can go do that. Yeah. Rather than just waiting and getting depressed, mm-hmm. nothing's happening. So it's like you had to do what you had to do. So And that, and that yeah. makes me think how, the, the money, how much it costs to make these productions are just must oh. be astronomical. I was the director from Peter Rabbit. I asked him, you know, like questions and how much things yeah. cost. And like this, this was over, this was millions to cost. Yeah. And he said they came to it. The reason why they filmed it in Australia is because the government put a grant of 50 million towards the film. Wow. Um, like, like, yeah, we can do a quick exercise now. If you have a hundred grand yeah. and you want to do a scene with 10 people yeah. in the shot, but only two of them are the main actors and eight of them are the thing. You've got to kind of then weigh up, right? Well, then how much are the extras? Let's say we're paying them $200 a day each. Yeah. Right? So we've got 200 times eight, that's 1600 bucks right there. Then we've got the actors. We're going to pay them a grand a day each maybe, or they might be cheap. They might be 300 a day each. Yeah. You know? Then you've got that. Then you've got camera people. You pay them, but then how do you feed them? They're on set for 12 hours oh a day. So God, you've got to pay yes. a caterer, then you've got to feed them. Once you've done that, you're at a location. Does this location cost us any money? All right, well, now that we're doing 12 hours, are we filming at nighttime? Does that mean we need lights? All right, well, we've got to pay lighting people. And then we've got to hire lighting gear because if we want to do it cheaper, yeah. we've got to get a person that knows lighting, but then we can hire the stuff. Like there's there's so many costs yeah. and things. And, and this is the thing that with Paul that frustrates me the most. <laughs> is he'll come up with an idea yeah. and he's the, he's an incredible visionary. He's yep. If we don't have Paul, we don't have vision and we don't have like, and we're talking crazy vision. Yes. Like, like, Michael, I want to throw a gaming chair out of a plane. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's just like, oh, okay. And then there's me. And because I've been on these sets, I go, well, how are we filming this? Are we yeah. gorilla filming this? Are we just getting one camera? Are we filming it from a phone? What's the quality? What's the story? Um, and that's that's the, the, the dance that Paul and I do backwards right. where he'll think I'm trying to discourage him. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm asking how. Yeah. How are we wanting to do it so we can figure out our budget? Um, and then he just says, you don't want to do this. I'm going to go home and... <laughs> Oh, somebody else. I'm like, fuck you, come here. We're going to figure it out. And then I do it. We go over budget. And then he's like, oh, we can't spend money anymore. Christina said no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, these things cost a lot of money and a lot of thought that people don't consider. When they when they want to, person wants to go out and make their own film, there's so yeah. many little details. Um, and if you try to do everything yourself, you burn yourself out. It's um, Paul did something really clever. When you can pay someone else to do some of the little jobs, mm-hmm. you'll grow so much quicker. He yeah. started paying editors. He started paying mods. He started paying people that do social media stuff, that yeah. all the background stuff, and then he can just focus on his making content. Yeah. Um, but now we're going into a whole new era of – well, not era, a whole new genre. We're doing documentary-style vod- right. uh, vlogging. Yeah. He, he can say he's a content creator, but for him and I, this is not really our – this is our first real proper – a production. Time. Production. Yeah. Correct. We, we've done last year, the first six months was, and we had a whole bunch of IRL videos come out. Yeah. But that was more to <clears throat> see what we could handle, see how we would go working together, yeah. see how people would respond to the thing. 
um, to our productions. And now we're, we're trying to do it and we're still doing it with a small crew. So there's still a lot for us to learn. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing stuff that I've never done before as well. Um, I've done a lot, but this is like, you're now doing it by yourself. I don't have a crew in an office of people yeah. who have their role. I am the role. Paul is now doing extra stuff. We've got Jared and Decky, but um, yeah, it's going to be a, an incredible year for us. Now, did did Paul know your complete background before he just, or was it just you guys connected and less role? And, you know, because what you bring um, to the table is basically a lot of what he was missing to take him to that next level. Yeah, I think he. I think if he searched around, he would have found someone. I think, and I. I did. You know, we had a small conversations about what I'd done, and I'm not sure how. I think he knew that I had a personality, but I don't know how he thought I would go in front of camera. Yeah. And the honest truth of it is, I've been working in front of camera before I worked in the film industry. Yeah. I, and I grew up in a very public uh, Christian upbringing, and yeah. I, in large churches, and mm-hmm. I was kind of put on display very young, with music and with with arts and all sorts of stuff. So I had no issue with performing in front of a camera. Yeah. And I, th- I don't know if Paul understood that to the extent, but I think he knew that I could talk in front of camera. Yeah. I've had to learn how to watch how I speak in front of live audiences because I've come from the minds where you swear and mm. say things like a sailor. Yeah. And not things you, you necessarily mean, but you know, you it just, it's, ha- a ter- it's honestly a terrible attitude to have when you're in the minds because it's, it's not, the right things to say but you say it because you're out there it's 45 degrees and you're like fuck this, yeah. this person when you know now i have to go oh no i actually need to come back and yeah cut it back but um no i th- i don't know how much of an extent he had but i think he knew my background we talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. um uh i don't know if he he uh, appreciates and i hope he's listening now i don't know if he appreciates the amount i do behind the scenes that he doesn't know about yeah um and I, I wish everything was as, as in, you know, he'll say something and in his mind, it's from A to B. Yeah. When he says it to me, I know it's A, B, C, D. And now we're at this point. Yeah. But th- there's a lot of running around yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, two things you, I want to hit, hit on is one is you were right about, you know, um, taking his talent and focusing on what he does. And he's, he has the mm-hmm. force, the, he's able to foresee that, like you said earlier, like his, when he was on the pod, he talked about hiring an editor to take care of mm-hmm. stuff so he could just focus on his, on his Correct. talent. And, and, you know, that's, mm. that's, a, and that's great advice that he shared with everybody else is like, once you yeah. get to that point, do it because then mm. you focus on what, what's going to get you paid. Yeah. And, and one great thing about Paul is, and this is slightly off your topic, but one thing about Paul is, and this is me pumping up and I hope he's not listening now. Um, <laughs> is he always says this term, a rising tide uh, lifts all ships. Um, and he is always willing to give advice and uh, even pump people up yeah, just to kind of get them going. He, and I love the collaborations he's doing now. And I think that's what I want to do. If Paul and I have a contract and we understand if the contract ends, he and I will still watch football and play board games. Yeah. Um, but if the contract ends, I'd probably would do the same. I'd collaborate a lot more. I don't know if I'd stream. Yeah. I'd probably focus on YouTube content. Um, but I would I would focus on meeting going to other people a bit like what you're doing. You, yeah. You go around and you lift other people up, um, and you give the other people opportunity, um, and you know you cross pollinate and all that jazz, and that's really really good. Now, um, yeah, with with Paul having me on board helps him focus the vision a lot yeah. uh, more, and the dynamic between he and I is is he's the visionary and I'm the person that kind of brings the vision to reality a little bit. 
but he's also the person that can be the blunt one and say, no, it's not going to be this this way. It's the, yeah. this way of the highway. And I can be the emotional one that can say, but think about feelings, Paul, because Paul doesn't have any feelings. Um, he's on it. Like, honestly, one of my, my main goals in Europe is to make him feel. Make him uh, cry? Yes. Okay. Make him cry. I don't think I'll make him cry because he didn't even cry at the birth of his daughter. Ah. Um, whereas me, on the other hand, every single child I had, I weeped. Like as soon as the, the kid came out. Yeah. Uh, like stuff I could let go. I was like, oh, that was an now, effort. Let me ask um, you a question. Were you like that before your first child came along or did the feelings come out after you? Like, cause for me, after my first child is like news hit different, Mo- watching movies, yeah, songs, yeah, just yeah. like it hit mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Dobby dying in Harry Potter. Oh my God. Now. Yes. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Yeah. Um, no, I was emotional, but not to the extent that I am now. Now I'm half Italian. Yeah. Um, so that just, you know, I'm a very, I'm a feel a lot of things. Um, but as soon as I had kids, like Toy Story 3 ruins me every time. Oh. Like I'll be watching a bloody commercial and I'll start tearing up. I'll be anything to do with kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a mess. Yeah. Um, I've done a whole bunch of uh, physical exhaustion through a marathon. Like the, We ran a marathon recently. Yeah. At the end, we got to it. I went and lay down and just cried. Oh, wow. I was just so overwhelmed. Yeah. I started thinking about the achievement. Like, you know, I, I finally have this opportunity. I, I'm a ex-carpet salesman that gave up everything and all of a sudden I'm running a marathon. Yeah. Um, I feel things so much more. Um, and I don't know if it's the term is empathy or I empathize. I feel yeah. other people. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. That's, kids, they ruin you. Yeah, absolutely. And now back mm. to productions. Now, with you and Pest, are you guys taking production to the next level of outside of YouTube, maybe to, you know, production? Only fans? No, not only fans. Okay. No, <laughs> not where I, not where I was going. But along the lines of you guys creating content that may be bought by you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Netflixes, those type like of the places. Netflix era. Uh, we we have been approached by places like that before, uh, and we've put things like that on hold. Um, one thing that we're focusing on now is this current year. Yeah, and this current year is Paul has always wanted to do this trip going across Europe and hiking mountains. Yeah. So whether we were making content or not, we would be doing this trip. Yeah. Whilst we're there, we thought, fuck it. Let's try and film this. Let's try and... We're not going to try and craft a story too much. We're going to film as much as we can on the go and see if we can pull stories from it. Um, But what we want to do is create redemptive content. Um, So it's not necessarily about becoming popular, famous. It's about giving, making content that makes people watch it and go, I got something from it. It can be a negative, it can be a positive, but it's not, you're actually trying to create something that you give back to your audience rather than just clickbait. Like you're not just going for clicks and retention. Something to motivate them. Correct. Yes. Um, That's what we're doing about the podcast is the new podcast as well. We're wanting it to be uh, something where people can listen and get something from it. You know, hearing people that have, um, have succeeded but also been at the bottom of a well and they've managed to like get out of it. And yeah. We want people to be able to hear what they were like. Um, but no, that's that's what this year is about. We're going to do this trip. If we make content that doesn't go anywhere but we make content that we're proud of that gives to people, yeah. we're happy. We brush our hands, say we've made, we've made a year of great content. Paul and I say we'll see what next year looks like. But uh, we'll move on. We'll watch some football. Um, uh, yeah. If things go well... Um, I don't know if we'll, we'll, because the money you can make from YouTube is a lot more than what you can get from a production company. Yeah. A production company might offer us to do a season and might only offer 600,000 as a profit. And then 
um, maybe offer, you know, 300,000 to make it. Or yeah. they might only offer 600,000 to do everything and what's left over is mm -hmm. profit. That, you know, what if it takes plus 500 to $550,000 to pay for it and it takes us a year to do it? Right. Paul and I are going to do 50 grand each yep. and live, survive the year. And then, you know, that's, it's, it's and then we've got two others on well and we've got to pay right. them as well. And it's like, yeah, it's an interesting, networks. Oh, yeah, go on. I was going to say, it's an interesting dynamic where basically like you have this, sh you know, I don't want to say it's a shift, but like you could take the content you create, throw it up on YouTube without having third parties mm -hmm. involved to Correct. help promote it. Almost like the music Correct. industry, you know, it's the same yeah. thing. People have all the tools themselves to do it. They don't need the label to help yeah. promote and create the disc and things like that. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I think, why we want to push YouTube is because we can make it how we want. As yeah. soon as you bring on a network, you are you are restricted to creativity goes out the window. You can be creative and put your idea forward, but it's going to get cut up into a different piece. You could you could put a beautiful swan. This is a picture of my beautiful swan clay, and then they'll mold it into a tiny baby hippo yeah. that has nothing to do with what you wanted. Um, and then obviously budget, you're restricted by their budget now. Um, and whereas now we have our system, our budget, we can be as creative as we want. We yeah. can push it any direction and. Even after that, I think we would still push YouTube. You can yeah. make a lot of money from YouTube. Um, I haven't done it personally. And even for Paul, I know this is exciting. Um, and and when we say, oh, Paul, Paul is an expert at this, I don't know if he and I are experts on this type of style in YouTube. Paul, yeah. has made, Paul is making uh, his money from YouTube through gaming. Yeah. Um, but this is brand new and that's why we're starting a brand new channel so we can get a brand new audience that isn't held to gaming True. Right? we're trying to bring in everything else so we can have a different algorithm and i'm learning words like algorithm now yeah the fuck <laughs> like barry yeah i used to sell carpet the solution dyed nylon carpet which would be really good if you have a cut pile yeah it'd be great underfoot but you will when you vacuum it will have a shadow pattern back and forth if you get a low level loop pile when you vacuum there's no shading because it's going to do much better on the on the hallway that's the type of shit that's in my brain still. Now I'm learning algorithm. Yes. Yep. Is... When to post, what, you know, what's a good day to post the videos and things like that. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. But uh, I have to say Paul is, Paul is an expert at uh, research. Like He'll see something and he'll be like, I want to learn everything about this. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I'm going to learn everything. If he was a carpet salesman, he probably would have smashed me. Wrong. I have charisma. He does not. Um <laughs> He he tends to learn everything about it and he studies it and he watches it evolve. So with YouTube, it's evolving. We Since working with him, we've changed our, our methods several times to try and tweak things um, yeah. and all sorts. And I imagine that's not going to change with our new channel. We're, as soon as we have three videos out, he'll be looking at it and he'll be like, right, what, what went wrong here? Let's look at where it dropped here. Yeah. Let's do this, that there. Obviously, keeping in mind our main goal of making redemptive content, but mm -hmm. we still want to make good content. And he, and he always says the highest quality. We're going to do the highest quality of what we know and what we can achieve. Yeah. Um, and, and this is what I will encourage people to do who are out there that want to make something. Make it. If it's shit, post it. I don't care. Post it because people will watch it. They'll criticize it. Mm -hmm. You'll criticize it. The next time you make it, it'll get better. If you yeah. don't make stuff, you'll never improve. If you don't try, you'll do nothing. That's very try. true. Yep. Do. Yep. So. And and the the yeah. you know the quality is like you know years ago you you had you know I was on the you know broadcast side of things you know the quality mm -hmm. you know editing had to be avid and you had to have all high end and now you know there were oh nobody's going to watch anything people record on their phones and you know it's yeah. it's just like you said put it out there people will consume it 
Mm. My, uh, my, my son's teacher last year taught a lesson which hit me real in the feels um, was that you can make great mistakes. Like, like mistakes are great. You yeah. learn from them. Mm-hmm. Make great mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, don't be, you will make them. There's mm-hmm. nobody that you, you're 50 years old. Your life is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to, when I meet you, I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to apologize for all this, this meanness. <laughs> um, but like, I, I'm so happy that my kids are learning this stuff. And yeah. stuff. Like, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes, you learn from them and you enjoy them. I think we're so afraid of, of rejection and disappointment that we, we never step out and give things a go. So yeah. How exciting for the future, young Pazza. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So now out of all the, you know, I guess let's talk about your, your European excursion. You guys did a test mm-hmm. run to Indonesia, right? Indonesia. And now you guys, you guys are all, nobody's really hung out with each other, you know, before, right? No. So you're taking like, you know, a bunch of sort of strangers who've, mm never went backpacking before and now have have you gone backpacking and hiking and you know things like that i've never really done a boys trip yeah overseas well i've done like boys trips when i was camping and stuff like that nothing like this uh and i've never done it where you kind of you kind of meet people online come together um the main reason of this we, we went through a real extensive auditioning process now you might have heard this from paul Mm -hmm. went through a real extensive auditioning process we chose Decky, who's a streamer, yeah. and Paul, not Paul, that win, and Jared, who had no idea who Pestily was. Um, oh, he was did, had like no a, clue? Had no, and I loved it. It oh, was the wow. greatest thing ever. He's Canadian. Oh, okay. Um, and he's very well spoken. He's a, he's a young Canadian, but he's an adventurer. So, like, he has his own hiking business, um, all sorts oh, of things. okay. And he's very handsome. But, uh, <laughs> It was one of the coolest things to come there and not know. Me and Paul knew each other, but it was like, how's the dynamic going to work? Is it going to work? And it started off a little bit like awkward. It's like a little bit when you when you try to kiss your first, you know, your very first kiss, you know. You, yeah. And you and you grew up Christian and you're like, how do we do this? Yeah. Like, do we kiss do we kiss on the mouth? Where do the noses go? <laughs> like, am I, am I being watched? Like, how much saliva? <laughs> you know. Yes. Left, right, all that. It, that's how it felt. And then um, we we did the volcano, and like things clicked. Yeah, uh, we did a vol- like we climbed a volcano together, and all of a sudden, it wasn't just like our personalities fit; it was also how physically we we're going to fit with the team. Yeah, um, Jared was, you know, he swapped out bags with me because I couldn't handle the weight, and I was dying. Yeah, um, Decky was like, he was Decky somehow keeps up the motivation of the team by just being a loud weirdo yeah that's that's the only way i can explain he's hilarious but he's like he's just the loudest weirdo uh and paul is a, a and you're going to hear this term all the time is a is a mental vault that just keeps powering on um i don't really know what i bring to the team other than making sure that everybody's you know emotionally okay and yeah you know and fed um <laughs> but we, we we seem to fit and by the end of that trip we'd done We'd done surfing, we'd done uh, water slides together, and Decky's scared to them, uh, to death of them. We we did uh, jeep tours around volcanoes, wow. did helicopter rides, and it was all go 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 go. We were visiting temples, like literally. I don't, I did hardly any sleep on this. It yeah. was all let's make content, let's see how we go, let's make mistakes. Okay, the batteries didn't work here, this camera didn't work here. Michael can physically not film anything when we're doing anything physical. <laughs> um, we were learning our place, and it was a great trip. 
Uh, and I would, if you're ever going to do something like that, make before you do your big dance, make sure you you do a, a rehearsal a test run, like yeah. that. Way. Correct. And it's even in its working basic. If you're going to sell t- carpet with a bunch of guys, take them out and see how they go in in physically exerting situations. Because when you're physically exhausted, the real you seems to come out. Yeah. I see shadows by the by the door. I wonder if he's coming in. <laughs> Don't know. Because no, like you take some str- strange people or strangers and you don't know how far you can push people. You know, you don't know what no. buttons they can take. Like you don't know if you no. say a comment, they're going to take it to the feelings. And you, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So that's, that's, that's good that you guys did that test run. And now, all right, you're ready for the big, the big dance. We, we are honestly, we're much more ready for it. I don't know if we're a hundred percent prepared mentally and emotionally for what Europe's going to be. Cause yeah. that was only 12 days we were away. Um, this it will be 35 days. Yeah. Um, so every two, so in the mines, every two weeks you have a rest day. Yeah. We've kind of gone with that. Every two weeks, every 14 days, we're going to be having a rest period where we have a, a, a room each where we can do anything we want. We can sit there and masturbate against the wall. We yeah. can ring our family. Uh, we can just be away from each other. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but no, that we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And now, you know, on that first, that, that rehearsal trip. Did any technology or any equipment you brought with you that you thought was going to be, you know, really wonderful that like, you know what, we don't need that. That's didn't work. You know, what kind of lessons did you guys learn from that first rehearsal? Uh, one of the lessons. Hmm, no, I'm pretty good. I packed the bag pretty well. We used everything. Nice. <laughs> uh, I was, cause I'd spent six months prior running around and filming similar type of stuff. Yeah. I had a basic idea of what was handy and because I have filmed a lot of things, I kind of have a... When we go out to certain things, I'm yeah. like, all right, we're only going to bring our phones to this. Uh, all right, now we're doing something a little bit more. We'll do some phones and a GoPro. Okay, we're doing the, a big thing now. We're, yeah. Main camera, two GoPros, some phones. Um, there is that. One thing I am learning, well, I've always known, is um, don't be afraid just to whip out your phone and film stuff. Yeah. Phones are that good <clears throat> nowadays. I was making mm-hmm. content back in the days with the, the mini DV. Yeah. Videotapes. Use your phone. Don't don't be afraid to start small. Um, use that type of footage because the it's not necessarily how it looks is key. Your content is king. Yeah. What your story that you're creating or what you're saying that's the key and that's the king of your of your footage. Yeah. Um. My my uncle taught me that. Um. So it doesn't matter if you film it off a, an old Samsung twenty, even though they've got Samsung twenty threes. Um. Focus on how you're going to tell the story. Yeah. Once you've got that, then you can start to adapt of how many cameras you add around it, how many, how much quality you want. Um, whereas in my mind, not every shot needs to be filmed in 4K at the highest resolution. Right. When I can just whip out a, a montage shot and driving in a car. Yeah. Phone, click, done. You know, it's, you, you learn from doing. Uh, and I, I think the last six months plus all my previous experiences taught me, um, how to capture it as best as you can with minimal amount of things. Yeah. So yeah. One thing that stuffed us up the most though was the streaming backpack. Yeah. Um, and we were hoping to stream live, but we just had some issues with SIM cards, which we, they should be fixed now. Yeah. And another issue that we're having is battery power. You can't take the big, big battery packs on planes. Oh, and the battery pack that we have is not just like a simple, it's got what charges our little system yeah. to go live is like a DC jackpot. I'm like, who the fuck has, <laughs> Like that's the worst thing ever. So like, now it's all USB C, and it's just You're like ah. Right. Oh. So all, all the power banks are USB C. So trying to track down a power bank that would do it. Um, 
Bye, Paul. He's saying, he's saying go. Okay. Um, it's just me and you in the house. All right, there we go. Oh, this is great. Have a party. Um, so yeah, that's that's the biggest issue for us, and I think we've solved it. The new the new battery pack will arrive that has a DC port that can go on an airplane. Yeah. Um, and, and that's now, been the biggest headache. How are you guys going to keep that, you know, to, you know, maintain that charge when you're up in the... Also, that adds a lot of weight, too, I got to think. I have no idea. Paul, you know how I said Paul's a great visionary? Yeah. He's also the best bullshit artist. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just say he's also the best salesman. Yeah. But um, when he talks to me, I can generally say... I don't see how this is going to work. But he yeah. sells it so well to everyone else in the group. It's like, this will be fine. <laughs> but it, generally, it's me running up behind him, picking up all the slack, going, Fuck, yeah. this is much... I'm drowning here. <laughs> this is fucked. <laughs> and Paul's just like, see, I told you it would work. And I'm sweating. I've lost weight. Yeah. I'm like now stressed out. I'm losing hair. And I'm like, yeah, it went really good. I think I think there are a few things we can fix, but it went okay. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. But he's like, see, I told you it would work. And I'm like, yeah, but the way you said it was A to B. It's not. It was A to Z. Yeah, um, <laughs> twice. So, yeah. And he, he still laughs. And I think he knows it, but I think he's just like, well, we're not going to dwell on it. We'll, yeah. You've learned. Michael, you've now learned. Now now we can do it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But he's such a – he's such a – he can see such a big brain idea. And he if we if we didn't do the ambitious ideas he – did yeah i don't think we would be doing a trip like this to europe um yeah. i don't think we would have done a gaming chair i don't think we would have done a raft because every time i was just like i don't know how we're gonna do this dude yeah um oh. and we we managed to pull it off and yeah. sometimes it's shoddy and it's shitty and the footage comes out crap but we we, we push it together um but yeah. if we it, it's you look at it afterwards and you're like fuck we actually did this this is great yeah and that, that so. brings me into the next point out of all the adventures you know the the killata mm -hmm. the killata video mm -hmm. the I parachuting the, so the boating I hate the, oh my god the beer tasting uh yeah. calendars you guys have done so much out of all of that yeah. which was your least favorite out of all that killata killata the video or making the, the killata just everything about the collada <laughs> like, really? I, I enjoyed the, i enjoyed the music video yeah um i got my brother to film that one uh that was a fun day that yeah. was that felt very community spirited because we, we got some local content creators to come out and be part of it as well yeah and that was just fun we had a local dance group who were really talented yeah um they came out they had got involved they laughed like it, it felt fun yeah that part of the collada was a great fun experience um it was hectic. It was a, it was a massive day. Yeah. Um, that's where I felt more in my element because I'd been in those situations a lot more where we had a proper film shoot. I had a camera. I wasn't behind the camera anymore. Yeah. And that's what sucks about a lot of our footage. I never wanted to film anything. I'm not a cameraman. And Paul's just like, you'll film it. You'll learn. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> okay. Whereas we had a cameraman. We had an extra guy that came along and helped my brother with lights. Yeah. We were doing all sorts of stuff. The hardest part of that day was getting Paul to say the words properly because he didn't learn the words. I'd printed off massive like the biggest pieces of paper with the words on it because I knew he wouldn't learn them. Yeah. Um, and you could just, I would be singing the words behind camera with like, Inkelada looks sexy. It's a special streamer car. Inkelada, do we drive far? And he's like off camera going, Inkelada. I'm like, just fucking words. Like, ah. Oh. Um, he's very stressful with that, but yeah. it was a great day. Everything else with the Kalada can get fucked. Um, I, I hated it. Um, it was an experience, yeah. but I, I'm just, uh, anything to do with like modding cars or anything, I just yeah. have no passion about it. Yeah. But at the same time, that was such an ambitious thing 
the road trip that was fun. Yeah, we did it in forty eight hours with no sleep. But the 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 Colada just kept coming up with issues, oh and my it God. was just expensive issues, and it was just like. Oh, like, do we have to? Putting in the, the, the sound system looked like it was smooth. It was, oh, I did oh. not enjoy it. Um, the face shield. Yes, you can blame me that the face shield had to slit in the wrong spot and we had to send it back to get fixed. I hate the Colada. Like, I hate it. Because <laughs> you guys um, ended up driving that to PAX or something like that or a Dream. Yeah, so he, he drove it. He wanted me to come to PAX or to DreamHack with him and I'm like, I'm having a baby, no. Um, so I washed my hands clean. Once it was made, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I want nothing to do with it. Um, so oh, yeah, God. he drove it on the back thing. Cause that was like the main reason we made it was right. to get it to DreamHack, And that's probably why I hated the Collada so much is because we were pumping so much other stuff on top of the Collada. Yeah. Like we, I remember we did like in, in one weekend, we did like the raft, um, the Collada, the sea chair. Yeah. Like, like that was one weekend. And then the next one, it was like. The air chair, the face shield, the audio system, like it was all crammed into oh like four God. days and it was just like, and I'm trying to get footage out and he's like, oh, we've got to get this out here. We've got to get the, the, the footage out. And we were trying to do footage once a week yeah. of like IRL stuff and it was just, it was honestly like, I, this is this is the test and trial and we were, we were burning out. Yeah. I, I couldn't keep up with it. He was trying to do um, hardcore raid yes. oh, that's, on top yeah, of this as well. Yeah, the whole gaming thing of it, yeah. He, he's doing all of that on top of it as well. So anytime I get of Paul, so if I get a 12-hour day with Paul, he's already done eight hours of streaming. Yeah. So think about that. Oh, my God. So he's yeah. already going to be doing 24 hours. Yeah. What he doesn't realize is I'm pretty much fucking doing 24 hours as well, doing, <laughs> picking up all this <laughs> shit behind him. Um, but, uh, yeah, like he was already going, like he had no time for family, no time for anything. Yeah. So that's why the Collada probably put a, such a bad taste in my mouth is because we had to get it done for DreamHack. Yeah. It was just... It was just an inconvenience at so many places. Yeah. On so much other other stuff like the the air chair, I wanted to put all my attention on that. The seat chair, I wanted to put all my attention on that. Like, um, yeah, it felt rushed, including the music video. So, well, the music but, video hey, came out wonderful. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, no. It was uh, the Frankie the editor did a great job. He did an amazing job. Uh, my brother is someone that as soon as he he and I are on set together, yeah. I can say to him something. He has no ego. He, he completely understands. Um, he's communic- his communication is fantastic. Yeah. So I know that like, how many minutes do you need to do this while I set this up? That, bam, let's get it done. Yeah. And he, he knows exactly when I say a shot because I'll say to him, this is what we're wanting. We're going to be we're gonna be pushing into this um, and then we're going to do a quick whip pan. That's where we're going. And he knows what to do exactly yeah. at the same at the time. We, we speak each other's language. And um, he also took the firefighter fo- uh, photos as well. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So, yeah, and the John B song mm. is fantastic. I, oh, you know, Johnny B is amazing, isn't he? Um, He's fantastic. Yeah, guy. and Paul Paul left. He leaves a lot of the creativity uh, ideas in terms of things. He'll he'll give me a sentence. Yeah. So for example, he he said something like, "I want to make a chair like an ultimate gaming chair." So I went away and I wrote a big spiel, like an advert about like. Have you always wanted your chair to go outside? Well, this chair can go on this land, sea, and air, and it's the ultimate gaming chair with only ninety-nine payments of ten fifty. Like you, yeah. blah blah blah, and that's where it evolved from. So he let me kind of take his one sentence and let it come out creatively. Yeah. Um, it, the same with the raft as well. I was like, I've always wanted to build a raft. So, it, all right. So I went out and bought everything for it, and then you know, yada yada. So it, it's a lot of fun to work with Paul because I get to use my creativity yeah. again as well as all the skills I learned, log- logistics and communication and. Things like that. That's fantastic. And now, what oh, what has been the most fun out of all the 
crazy projects you've done done at this point. You know what the most fun it was the beer video. Uh, yeah, I did. Well, I know it wasn't going to be could... jumping out of a plane because I, you know, you you uh, I, I, I listened to that pod. So that that didn't sound like it was oh, uh, your thing. It was. I have to say, anybody that gets the opportunity to do anything with Paul, fucking do it. Doesn't matter what it is. You've got to experience it. Yes, you have to experience skydiving, but I'm not doing it again for fun. <laughs> like the the you are plummeting towards Earth. It is the most you can't describe the feeling. Like it's just there is no description of it. I've experienced it. Wow, you're done. Was I scared to death? Yes, mm -hmm. I'm done. Let's move on. It's it's almost like every time my wife says she wants a new kid, I'm like, I've experienced <laughs> going through childbirth and not having the baby. <laughs> I don't want to do it. How do you keep wanting to do it? Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, so no, it's definitely the beer video. I I don't know why it was my most fun, and the the next one that I enjoyed the most recently was yeah. we we did uh, the hot ones uh, challenge with another podcast. I just enjoyed that because it was just eating and laughing. Right, yeah. That one was just drinking and laughing. It was the easiest for my job yeah. to organize and the easiest to enjoy because I didn't have to worry about the camera shots. Yeah, click done. I can just sit and enjoy. drink. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, I enjoy all the all the productions. Yeah, uh, but that one specifically because I just got to drink <laughs> and eat. That was I was very happy. Oh, so now when you're away from the camera, you're not working on anything with Paul. You're you know at home. You're watching maybe some mm -hmm. soccer, board yep. games. What are some of your board games mm -hmm. you like to play? Uh, Settlers of Catan is a, is a family favorite. Yeah. My son has started to play that one. Um, uh, I played many games younger with my cousin like munchkin and uh i can't remember the names of them honestly uh exploding kittens is i'm only thinking of the ones i'm playing with my kids now right, that they're yeah. starting to learn like yeah. i'm at that stage I'm, i've got junior monopoly with mario <laughs> that's what i'm playing at the moment so you know how you like what do you like to play now yeah think of what you like to do with children mm -hmm. that's what i'm doing i'm at the stage where the video games i play are on switch yep. so i'm playing luigi mansion 3 with my son yeah uh the the pokemon let's go pikachu like any any type of games where I can enjoy and, and be with a fan like Super Mario Party. Yeah. We're all over that. Mario Kart, we're all over that. Yeah. Um but yeah, Settlers of Katana is a big one in my household. And I'm also the world champion when it comes to pole. Um <laughs> and I wear that with a badge of honor. Uh but no, most of my life now at home and Paul's just like, You're always doing stuff about your kids. I'm like, Well, because you're gonna notice it one day as Absolutely. well. He's only got like he's only got the one that doesn't move. Yeah. Yet. And yeah. doesn't have feeling like when it gets home, it doesn't say, "Oh, play with me, Dad." And you're like, "Oh, okay, I feel bad if I don't." Exactly. Um, and yeah. now, now I've invested because I worked so much on my marriage and my kid. I wanted to be a present father. Yep. And one that was involved, and I've worked so hard on that now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I'm sure Paul will go through this experience. And I, he wants to be at home, but I don't think you really understand it until you've kind of they start to talk mm -hmm. and you. You know, you get to experience their first time at kindergarten. You get to experience their disappointments and their 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 wins and their losses. Yeah. Um. So right now, my life outside of Paul is purely for my kids. Yeah. My wife and I have some time in there, maybe like yeah. once a year, but it's purely just for the kids. And that's how I'm gonna. That's where my wife and I get our best time is when we're together as a family and we're investing in that. So that sounds really lame for all you gamers out there, but. I'm sure a lot of you can. And that's one thing the community get behind me as well when I when I talk about my kids. Yeah. And they can share their their feelings about it as well. So Yeah. It's oh, that's wonderful. I like the community. Oh wonderful. man. Well, hey dude, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. And and you know, the the experiences, the advice and and you know, the yep. stories. It was wonderful. <laughs> yes. Take the advice from a thirty two year old from you. I haven't even I haven't even asked questions about you, but 
We'll do that. Maybe we'll get you on our podcast. There we go. We'll do something like that. But I have to say, the new channel will be called Before Death um, and the Before Death podcast. Uh, Right now, it's going to be showing up on a link on the screen just above here. And now it's going to move here. Oh, you're going to make this hard. Now we're we're going to see how well he can edit and he's going to make (laughs) it like wave through. And now it's going to like fall through the screen. So you can visit uh, all our stuff. I don't know how long this will come out, but before our stuff will come out just before we go to probably two weeks from this filming date. It's the third now. Um, yeah, and the reason why we called it Before Death wasn't to be angsty. Imagine you and I uh, sitting behind a bar and you say to me, Michael, bungee jumping? And we lift our beer and we say, Before Death! <laughs> we drink and then you go bungee jumping and I don't do it. Um, <laughs> so like no, it's all list. about... It's all about embracing life before death and it's yep. not necessarily always just ticking off a bucket list but experiencing different things in life. Um, whether it be learning about death. When it, one thing I really want to do is get somebody that works in the sex industry and talk to them about what it's like working in that industry. How it, how did you get into it? What's mm-hmm. it like uh, in public? What's it like? Um, all that type of stuff. We want oh, to talk cool. to politicians. We want to talk about people who have dealt with death who are preparing for death, yeah. people, um, which we've, we've done that once already. Uh, um, yeah, there's so much we want to do. So sorry to plug myself. That's all right. This um, but is your pod. Yeah. yeah. This but, is my pod. Yeah. But, pod. Uh, but no. yeah, no, it's funny you talk about, you know, getting people on who are approaching death and whatnot. It's like, you know, yeah. you're, how, you're what, 30s? 32, but I look like I'm 48. <laughs> well, okay. So 50... I'm at that age where our parent, my, you know, my parents are getting to that age. Their our yeah. parents, friends are all sort of, you know, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's definitely a weird stage because now you're thinking, Oh, now what happens now when my parents can't take care of themselves? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and yeah. yet you're still trying to raise your children. It's yeah. It's nothing yeah. prepares you for that. It's, it's really a strange no, you pre- part you of life. You prepare for life. You prepare for school. You prepare for work. You prepare, prepare for marriage kids retirement yeah you prepare for death in such a like oh i just got to put things in place if i die but you never prepare for how do i you know how do i want to go into a home what happens uh, i don't know if um uh the, i think there is assisted um dying here where if the, i don't know if it's been passed yet but like for myself yeah when i get to the point where i can't wipe my own ass and i become a burden and yeah. i'm i'm not talking and i'm in a vegetable i think that's I don't want to do that. Nope. I don't want to become a burden. I and that assisted passing away. And, yeah. and and you know I want to talk about stuff like that. And obviously people who are reli- I want to hear from different religions about things yeah. like that. Um, death is such a taboo topic. Um, mm-hmm. Sex is such a taboo topic. Yeah. Uh, you know every there's so many things that are taboo that we want to learn and experience and at least have discussions about because you can't. We do talk about it a lot and whether that wherever you stand, whether you're far left or far yeah. right, it's sad that none of us can just stand in the middle and play devil's advocate with each other yeah. and have good conversations and at the end of the day just being like, I can still spend time with you even though we have completely different Absolutely. Options, like opinions. Yeah. Well even um, different so cultures. So that's what we're trying to do. Even different cultures, cultures have different yeah. taboos, you know? It's like and, yeah. and not even so much, you know, taboos, but like, you know, European, yeah. you have your topless beaches are normal. Here in the States, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just yeah, it's it's going yeah i can't wait to see what you guys come out with it's gonna be really cool and just be be happy that with your different culture you called football soccer and i didn't just rage quit and throw the computer across the room absolutely australian rules anyway hang on australian rules football or soccer now what are we okay the australian the greatest club of all time the cats the geelong cats um yes 
Excellent. No. Well, let, thank you so let much. Let me not hold. No, thank you. Let's, should we do the awkward goodbye? Like, you know, you hang up. No, not yet. No, we're not hanging you, you up hang... yet. No, we're not done. I got to wish you oh, guys well... a wonderful oh. trip, safe trip to, you know, to thank Europe. You. And, and now we can say our, you know, awkward goodbyes. I... Goodbye. I was expecting more. That was it. That was it. Goodbye. You, that's the send off you give to someone that's, have you ever had someone that's directed porn? No, I have. You're my first porn director. I expect that to be in your your oh absolutely um, to, in your main like I directed porn absolutely Michael. oh that's yeah. going to be my tweet next is like hey porn director Michael is on my you know <laughs> one quick quick story about that my wife once came whilst I was struggling to get work in the film industry my wife saw a film ad during like a, oh, on a God. website where we used to look look for work and she's like Michael this is this is great you've had experience in filming you know how to edit um you know all sorts of stuff and she sent it to me and I read it. And then at the at the top, that's what it said. But when you scroll down, it's yeah. like has has to be okay with filming female erotica. And I was like, I'm okay with this. Check mark. I I have no issue. And I sent it to my wife. I'm like, Are you okay with this? And she's like, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are jobs out there. If you want to direct porn, you know, there are ethical ways to do it. Even that, I want to talk about porn on our podcast and be like, Is it ethical? Mm -hmm. I think I think there can be ethical porn. Anyway. Anyway. For another time. <laughs>